the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2. You just heard a uh, promotion for our great event we're doing on May 25th, The Crisis at the Border, sponsored by Ron Sagan and his great team at Guns Etc., bringing in uh, Seb Gorka, Mike Gallagher, Andy Biggs. It is a delight, my old friend Mike Gallagher, to bring him back to the airwaves for a second time in Phoenix today. Um, folks, I can go on and on about Mike um, and what it's like to know him in person but it's easy Please enough do. just to listen to his show. He is who you see in public. He is in private. He is a great teacher. He is a great friend. I'd be nowhere in this business without him. Neither would so many others. Mike Gallagher, thanks for joining us. I'll cut that out. I'm going to give you a half hour to cut that out. <laughs> well, I give and I take because I was going to say, how does it feel to have the second best bumper music on the Salem platform? I'm telling you what, it's pretty doggone good. I'm <laughs> impressed. I'm, I'm at the corner right now of uh, 44th and 9th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. I just finished dinner with friends. Yeah. And so if you hear a screech or screaming, uh, an Antifa crowd has attacked me. Uh, or maybe I'll be thrown in front of a subway. There's a, a, you know, New York is quite a remarkable place to be at the tail end of this pandemic. I mean, it's talk strange. to me about it. You've been there for through. I mean, my gosh, you've been Couple in days. New York at all its inflection crisis points. I remember your broadcast on 9/11. For God's sakes, what, yeah, what's it like yeah. now? I, what's it like now? Very different from Florida because you know I bought a, a condo in Florida and I was in Florida for most of the last year. I still have a place in in New York, so I. You know, in a normal year, I go back and forth, spend about 65, 70 percent of my time in Florida, the rest in New York. This time it's been, you know, 95 percent Florida. And I just got to New York again a couple of days ago. And it's very different from Arizona. I, I know it's very, I think, very different from Florida, very different from Texas. New Yorkers are just so doggone scared. No. They're just no. scared. And they're, it's different here. I mean, uh, and of course... Midtown Manhattan, where I am now, the theater industry has been decimated. All the restaurants, the, the souvenir shops, uh, the gift stores, all all gone. And just trying to claw back. But now, you know, it's beautiful spring day here in New York, and it's uh, you see people, more and more people around. They've dropped the mask mandate, believe it or not, in New York tomorrow. So you're not going to be mandated to wear a mask in, in you know outside or, or in now. Private businesses can opt out of that, and most of them will, because we know the left and, and the fear factor and AOC and Lori Lightfoot and all of them, they're going to be wearing masks, I guess, for the rest of their lives. But, but it's just a, it's, it's been a great experience for me to compare what I call normals, normal Americans in a place like Florida, mm -hmm. led by a governor, Ron DeSantis, mm -hmm. and the very peculiar atmosphere of New York. You know what a theater geek I am. Mm -hmm. And when, when Broadway... Came, announced it's coming back this week, and they're, they're going to start shows back in September. I got on the internet, and like a goofball, I bought a few tickets and bought a few shows and shelled out way too much for the music man. But there's a great piece you'll want to read, Seth, and your listeners ought to read it too, by Peggy Noonan. I don't agree with all things Peggy Noonan, but she wrote a piece about what it's going to be like 
to sit in the Winter Garden, Winter Garden Theater and see Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster in this iconic American musical, which is really a celebration of all things Americana. You know, it's Harold Hill and mm-hmm. the, the, the band and, and, you know, God bless America. I mean, it's going to be And a, you've been a, Major a, Shin, haven't you? You've been in this production. I was the mayor. I was Mayor Shin. Yep. I did. I was actually Harold Hill in a couple of productions back <laughs> in the day. So I can see it. I, I, can I, see I it. think I'm still I think I'm still Harold Hill. <laughs> I think I still might be... I might still be sending, selling band instruments to kids, and I have no intention of teaching them how to play band <laughs> instruments. But, 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 it'll be, but it's a big part of the city, sure. a big part of the country. Uh, the American musical and, and theater is, is, I think, uniquely American, and it's going to be wonderful to see it get back. And interestingly, as I, I bought a few shows, I'm, I'm going to go back to see Hamilton again. I'm going to see Aladdin again in Chicago and Moulin Rouge. I got a notice today. Because I'm wondering how they how are they going to navigate this? Yeah. Are they going to require? It doesn't look like they're going to require vaccinations. Now, remember, we're talking September and beyond, so a lot could change between now and then. But as of now, the requirement is you're going to have to have your hands sanitized at the door, which is peculiar, and full masks. Masks got to cover the nose and the mouth through the whole production, but no vaccination requirement as of now. So I don't know. We're it's a weird new world we're in, and. Uh, the, the highlight for me is getting is heading west and coming to Phoenix for our big crisis at the border event. I, I'm always honored to spend time with you, Seth. Oh, you're sweet. And to add Seb Gorka to the to the to the ticket and Congressman Biggs, we're going to have a great night. And I hope uh, everybody can come out and join us next Tuesday night. We'll talk more about it in a sec. I want it, it, Mike. I can't wait to see. It's been way too long. I can't remember the last time I seen it. It really has been too long. But um, that having been said, you know the culture and you know. New York as well, very well. You said people have been frightened, sure. My question to you, what's your sense? Were they frightened because public leaders scared the hell out of them, particularly people like Cuomo and de Blasio and their and their, um, and their associates, assistants uh, and appointees? Or do you think there was an element, Mike, of, I don't know, Michael Barone calls it soft America, an America that just is always willing to believe and think the worst do you think that existed and the and the government pushed them over the edge? Because 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 I people are going to still, as you point out, wear masks even once this mandate lifts. Well, uh, to answer your question, I think it's a little bit of all of, yeah. the, of the above. Yeah. In fairness to New Yorkers, this city was decimated uh, in no small part to the disastrous uh, policies of Cuomo and his health department that ordered nursing homes to accept COVID nineteen patients, which led to about 15,000 deaths of seniors here in New York. And listen, New York City, those images of bodies in the halls and graves being dug at the Potter's Field, those were real. That happened here. You know, New York really, truly, as has been in the case in the past, was the epicenter of this tragedy in many ways. So a lot of New Yorkers were shell-shocked by that. But there's also the fear. There is the the reason for the political component of this is the left expects the government to tell us how to do everything. Mm. They, they look to the government for guidance, for wisdom, for knowledge. If you tell us to wear a mask, how many do I need to put on? Right. It clearly isn't about the science, Seth. If it was about the science, you wouldn't hear them talk out of both sides of their mouth, where on the one hand they say, well, we follow the science, but now that the CDC, the ultimate science authority I in guess. America... Yeah says get rid of the masks we don't buy it we're mm-hmm. not doing it yeah so it's not about the science it's about subserviency it's about following the leaders it's about complacency i don't know there's just been uh, we, we, listen we've been damaged badly by the last year and a half set there's no way around it 
and it's going to take a long way to fight back. And the fight begins, and I think the fight begins in Phoenix, where we're going to be yep, focused on the sure. border. And we got to take us go to the midterm election, and we got to we got to get the House back, and we got to get the White House back in 2024. When you look at the border crisis, Mike, and you've covered it really well on your show, um, you've done a great job on on covering it. Is the biggest story that this is happening by dint of the policies of the Biden administration that, you know, it took basically a controlled situation and turned it into Thunderdome. Is that the story or is the story that the press is willing to forgive it? No, I believe the story is comparing the four years of forward progress with securing the border under Donald Trump yeah. and seeing how the opposite policies are leading to such chaos and disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impossible for and, I, and when when President Trump starts rallies up again in a few weeks, holy moly, is that going to be a spectacle? And in fact, one of the one of the parlor games for for my colleagues and I are trying to figure out. And I believe the media will not cover these rallies. I think they're going to barely give it a glancing blow. I've got a dear friend in Dallas, Mark Davis, who insists that the media will be all over it because they miss him. They miss the Trump uh, chapter. Uh, they'll 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 rip him. They'll rip. They'll 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 dive into everybody and they'll rip everybody to shreds. But they're going to cover it. I don't think they will, Seth. Yeah. I think they're going to barely me- mention it. I'll bet you barely will see it on the ABC, you know, World News Tonight or the NBC Nightly News. But he's coming back. He's not going anywhere. Liz Cheney doesn't seem to understand this, but you can't wipe out. Someone once told me Mike Gallagher is such a professional, he can do a radio show from a phone booth. <laughs> did we lose I Mike? I lost you. There we, we lost no, you. I'm back. There we go. Okay. Hey. <laughs> did, did, did you I, I, hear me I, slander I, you? Antifa I slandered found, you. In the break. found me. They found me. They threw me, a, they threw me in front of a bike. I, I, I said this is hard. To, it's hard to accept the rumor about you, which is you are – the best professional in the entire business, only you can do a show from a phone booth. I said, how about from a phone? <laughs> <laughs> On the street corner, okay. dodging the cabs right. and the Ubers. Right. <laughs> do you have to run, Mike, or do no. you got one more in you? It's either way, up to you. I, I think, I, oh, no, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'm going to head out. So I'll see you in a week. Another but I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be a blast to see you on stage yeah. again and yeah, yeah. To be at the border with you. you and this Congressman Biggs is impressive as all get out. I can't wait to meet him and thank him. We got more Arizonans right. to impress you with, too, Mike. You're going to love it out here. You always do, and we always love having you. God can't bless wait. you, sir. You're the best. Keep fighting the good fight. You too, Mike. Great be good. work you're doing. I listen to you every afternoon. Thanks, Oh, Seth. love God you. Bless. Love you, see Mike. You I listen Bye-bye. to you love every you morning. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Flexible is his middle name. His first and last name are David Schweikert. He represents the 6th District of Arizona, among so many other things, including common sense. David, sorry for my scheduling mess up, but great to have no, you. Thank no, you. and look, it's the lunacy of what we all do. Um, <laughs> you know, welcome, welcome to normal life. And, you know, and welcome to being in Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives, where you know, uh, the schedule seems to change from hour to hour. Well, can you are you tell me about Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives? Do you still have to wear a mask? What's the latest on that? All right, the latest. <laughs> yeah, I know, have... right? It takes a while to unwind, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Do we lose David? There, there. Okay, there you are. Yeah. All of a sudden, there was beeping on the line. Huh. Ha ha ha. 
Maybe well, it, you say it's Nancy Pelosi's phone system. Yeah, she, she'd like a word with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the latest state of play. Um, I no longer have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated in the hallway. Okay. If you go on the floor, they still require you to wear a mask, mm-hmm. even though everyone around you is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But if I'm giving a speech, now I no longer have to wear a mask, which actually for most people, they probably are regret that because with the mask you couldn't hear what the hell i was saying it's anyway we, it's a weird rule because you're obviously oh God, projecting no, more yeah it's absolutely irrational yeah. look yeah. And, and and i've said this a few times and i find it drives democrats around me insane um so i approached one that i'm reasonably has a reasonable sense of humor at least used to <laughs> you know on the floor of the house saying we're wearing masks but i thought we all believed in vaccines i, I believe they actually work why are we wearing masks and he just looked at me and said something like Schweikert, blank, 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 and yeah. then walked away from me. And this is my friend. Yeah. But there is a certain flow of logic. If you believe in vaccines, why the hell are we still wearing masks? I think the big problem here, you're always good at understanding the big problem uh, and, and, and telling <laughs> and instructing us on it. But I, I, I think the big problem here, David, is that all of these people, starting with Fauci and the people he surrounded himself on down for a year, over a year now, I think they have changed their minds about so many things, always with such confidence that they've just kind of destroyed their own credibility and people don't know what to believe. I mean, if you wanted to create confusion – this was a. They they did a pretty good job of it. Well, Seth, I, 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 you're not. And forgive me for doing this because it's becoming a theme. You're not dark enough. I no, it's good. I, I like you to pessimistic uh, me and, up and a I little. Give <laughs> you a living example. Yeah. Think about this last week when the CDC basically said, "Hey, we're, we're looking at the mask again. You, you you don't have to wear masks if you know if you're around a vaccinated population. Don't wear the mask. You know so." Um, and did you see the reaction mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from people on the left yeah. who the day before were screaming at us saying, follow the science? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, well, the science just said you don't have to wear the mask. Now they're yelling at the CDC saying, how dare yeah. you tell people they don't have to wear masks? Um, and, and my point where I'm going with this is fear is a tool. Yep. Fear is is another form of political manipulation. If you could control population by fear, get them to support your political agenda by fear, get them to vote for you, get them to give you money by fear, do you want to give up fear? And, you know, I actually had a little bit of a heartbreak on Sunday. Um, you know, the family, we all went to Costco. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wear a mask in Costco. Right. I looked around and... And, and I saw a number of people I know, I'm friends, you know, I've lived in the same area my whole life, and they're wearing masks. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. And I'm looking around going, but but I thought we all believed in right. vaccines. Right. Um, and there's the great irony yeah. is, have we been so browbeaten that when the facts and the science and the people that control that information are saying it? You know, we're, we're in good shape right now. You don't have to wear them. Um, how many still wear them because they are so locked into that really ugly cycle of fear? 
that that's what worries me. Um, partly the children's situation, the situation with the children worries me. You're now seeing children testifying. It's heartbreaking. I'm sure you've seen some of these videos, uh, David. All of all of that bothers me. I was in Costco. My experience was um, about like yours. It may have been the same Costco. I don't know, but. But one thing I did notice um, is when uh, someone who was masked and didn't want to be, I guess, and found me a marvel for not wearing a mask, said, do we not have to wear masks? I said, no. They took those off and said, boy, it's just really nice to see people's faces again. You yeah, forgot and, how and much may, we lost. Maybe, you know? And maybe I'm hyper-personalizing it because I know you No, know, you may do. not. You may not be. I um, see an awful lot of people wearing them. And, but, you know, they have the um, same access to the news that you and I do. But I was, I'm hoping in our, in, our, in our communities, our neighborhoods, our churches, our other, there's a desire to sort of go back to a level of normality yeah, yeah. And, and not let those who used the pandemic, the virus, as a tool for political power. But see, I wonder if you're dark enough on this, David. David, this is where I wonder, maybe I'm the right dark and you're too light uh, <laughs> on this. But here's why fair, I say but this. I, uh, but that might be actually mentally healthy. It, it might be. But here's here's the reason I say this. I think there's a, an investment in a large part of this country that wants this to be a sick country, that wants this to be a failing country, that wants to have us in fear of each other, and that wants us to be on the precipice of world destruction I think there's sure, an investment sure. in this country uh, but, uh, of a but, large but, population in that belief. Yeah, but okay. Remember the Schweikert theory of of political life: uh-huh. power, excuse me, money, power, vanity. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly about the money. Okay. Okay. And the fact that matters, you're seeing it. Um, and and next in our next conversation, I hopefully we'll do some of the insane economics that are being yeah. Let's do that next week. Right now, under the pandemic, I want to um, do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at, but what happens when you use the pandemic to spend stunning amounts of money? Well, guess what? There are people who get that money, and a lot of those are the financiers of the political party. So yeah, there's there's a money motivation using that fear. Leadership, it might be money, um, uh, or at least political leadership. It might be a money issue. It might be a power issue. I. Uh, I think part of it was, you know, Jane Fonda said the quiet part out loud last year when she said COVID was God's gift to the left. I think there was that element of it, too. Mm-hmm. But the That's reason I, uh, I'm against masks, um, based on my own scientific research, which isn't as good as maybe yours or anyone in this audience, but I, I just don't like the idea of advertising that everyone around us is sick and we should be afraid of our fellow citizens. Well, I just th- think that's yeah, abnormal. But, but that's sort of litigating – Last month. I understand. Ma- ma- where yeah. I'm hoping we go is one of optimism. Yep, I hope so, We too. We did something amazing as a country. The new RNA, um, uh, mRNA technology is going to cure people of cancer, do amazing things. We should be joyful what the future looks like. Mm. Nice, nice, nice way to end this, David. Nice way to put a cap on it. You're great. Thank you again for your flexibility. Goodbye now. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I want to pick up on the mask thing as pertains to children just a moment. John Tierney writes that 
adult fear-mongering has probably fooled most children into believing that school closure, social distancing, and masks are necessary precautions. But eventually when the hysteria abets and the facts emerge – oh, I bet he meant abates. When the hysteria abates and the facts emerge, they will realize that their year of studying miserably served no more rational purpose than ancestors' child sacrifices to the gods. As Oscar Wilde said, children begin by loving their parents. As they grow older, they judge them. Sometimes they forgive them. This generation will have much to forgive. The children are beginning to speak out, and God bless them and the parents that allow them. Here was a, I believe a 10-year-old, do we know differently up front? Does it say? He's a 10-year-old in Florida. Go ahead. I just turned oh, 10 years sorry. old. And Let's I- start it again. He's testifying before a school board meeting or something like a school board meeting. I just turned 10 years old, and I am a fourth grader at Felix A. Williams. I expected school to be a little bit different in the beginning, but I didn't think it would stay this way all year long. And I was surprised by the rules. A lot of them didn't make any sense to me, like the fact that we were not allowed to play on the playground or have student council or turn to face each other at lunch. And we also have to wear masks outside at PE and on track. I love my school and all, but my teachers seem really stressed, and that makes me feel bad. One teacher walks around with a clipboard full of referrals for any student whose mask isn't on properly. It makes me feel scared. That same teacher yells at us having our masks down to drink water while we are outside in Carline. She told us we had to wait until we were in our parents' car to have a drink of water. She had her mask down the entire time while she was yelling at us, which makes me and all my friends very mad. This happens a lot. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while they're... Yell while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there is a word for this, and she said there is. Hypocrisy. Wearing a mask all day makes me feel really tired and gives me really bad headaches. Sometimes I'm in school and I need to lay low in the dark until they're gone. My mask also sticks to my face when it's really hot, and it makes it hard to breathe. I feel like I can't catch my breath, and that makes me feel claustrophobic and anxious. It's really stressful. I finished taking all of my FSAs, and I had a hard time focusing with a mask on. A few weeks ago, I ran into my teacher outside of school. She didn't even recognize me because she's never seen my face before. But I knew it was her because she sits at her desk a lot without a mask on. I know my teacher has asthma and everything, but I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask. And I think she should have that choice. But I should, too. I have allergies, and I feel really anxious with my face covered. But I'm not allowed a mask break like her. It seems unfair. All this seems unfair, and it doesn't make sense. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Please make masks optional today. It would be so awesome to end the school year on a really happy note like that. Thank you for your time. You know, it's a great, it's a, it's a great thought to contemplate how much the left will tell us about the importance of breathing clean air, which 
I think we can all agree is an important thing. But if you will the end, don't you have to will the mean? If you're going to breathe clean air, don't you have to be able to freely breathe that air, which these children need even more than adults, and we have decided to hamper by putting a damper on them. Or maybe it's just a diaper where it doesn't belong. 24 distinct health issues associated with children wearing masks, increased headaches, drowsiness, fatigue, malaise, sleep issues, new fears, shortness of breath, dizziness. Wow. Why not just give them marijuana? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As you know, we're doing our great event, uh, Crisis at the Border, May 25th, with Mike Gallagher, Seb Gorka, Andy Biggs, myself. We'll be going to the border the day before, and then May May 25th, meeting up with you all. And uh, hopefully you can join us. 960thepatriot.com is where you can get your tickets. It's going to be a great evening. And the first caller right now will get two free general admission tickets to that event. On May 25th, 602 uh, We'll have the Hallmans joining us at the top of the next hour, Hugh and Lewis. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, COVID, a little bit about politics. Hugh wanted to talk to me. He was funny. We were having a nice conversation over the weekend, Hugh and I, and we were kind of getting into this whole Trump conservative movement thing. Is there a divide? Is it the same thing? Is one uh, representative of the other? And I said, SIFR, save it for radio. This will be a good conversation to do with the audience. I bet they have a lot to say about this. So we'll get into some of that as well. Uh, I, I'd be interested in your feedback. I'll give you, I'll, I'll just give you a taste. Is is um, is the conservative movement and Trump one and the same? I know the media wants that to be the case. And I know a lot of conservatives want it to be the case um, because it gives, as Shakespeare say, said, um, to airy abstraction, a ha- uh, uh, how did he put it? It gives to airy abstraction a habitation and a name. Conservative movement being the abstract and Donald Trump being, you know, the house or the habitation and the name. In any event, um, well, Hugh and Hugh, Hugh and I will be talking about that. The other thing that I have been uh, noticing uh, steadily, and the press is um, noticing not at all, wants to bury it um, and deny it, uh, cancel it, frankly, and that is the increasing volume of the voice of conservatism within African American. Uh, uh, African-American speakers, African-American thought leaders. Um, We've always had a great representation in our movement here and there, but now it's becoming so much the more common that I don't even know if we conservatives are noticing it, which is a good thing in its own right because it 
it, it shows that, yeah, okay, we uh, another great conservative voice. I love it. Um, welcome, welcome to the party, and and thank you um, for sharing your brains with us because we don't really make an issue of thinking your race should determine your political thought, except in this sense. If you don't think race should determine your political thought, then you should be a Republican or a conservative. Jason Whitlock is the latest that uh, has joined uh, the fray, uh, a relatively um, well-known sports uh, uh, journalist, reporter, um, and now more prominent political commentator joining Prager University. Here's Jason Whitlock. Everybody once knew, and now many have either forgotten or never learned. Pay very close attention. America promises you freedom. America does not promise you love. Let's start with the freedom part. It's all right there in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Free speech. Freedom to practice the religion of your choice. The purpose of government is to protect your freedom, period. America was a rough and tumble place in its early days. It still is. Let's hope it always remains so. You don't want to live in a country where all your needs are taken care of by the government. That's not how you become great. That's how you become dependent, vulnerable, and truly oppressed. America is a land of opportunity for anyone of any color. Just follow some basic rules. Get an education, work hard, act responsibly, and you'll have a good shot at a good life. But you might also fail. You might fail a bunch of times and then succeed. Or you might succeed and blow it off. That's America, a never-ending dance of risk and reward, all made possible by freedom. Freedom is America's source of power, and the denial of that power to black people and others at the inception of this nation and for nearly 200 years after its founding, remains a stain and a source of pain. Yes, some of the founders had slaves, but almost all of them knew that it was morally wrong and would one day end. When Thomas Jefferson wrote the words, all men are created equal, the slavery question was resolved. The only issue was how and when. And it took a lot longer than it should have, but it did end. And a lot of good people died on the battlefield to see that it did. And when it ended, giants like Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass understood that black Americans would have to succeed on their own as free men and women. They had no illusions that the government would save them. They only wanted what all Americans should ever want the government to do, protect their freedom. But the founders never promised love, not to whites or blacks, or anyone else. During his famous I Have a Dream speech, Martin Luther King referenced freedom 20 times. He never once spoke the word love. Why not? Because America has nothing to do with that. If you want love, and we all do, look to God, your family, and your friends. The government doesn't love you and isn't supposed to. The government is a poor and abusive provider. It offers the bare minimum and fosters a dependency that undermines freedom. During the 2020 Black Lives Matter season, NBA players actually wore jerseys with the slogan, Love Us, emblazoned on the back. You can't demand love from people. 
Love is freely given or not given at all. Telling people not to call you this name or that name or not to act this way or that way, consciously or unconsciously, because it offends you, will not bring you love. Love is your mother's smile or that look your kid gives you when you come home from work. Love is that man or woman who protects you when you're scared and provides a home where you can flourish. And love is what God offers you every moment of every day. To the government, you're just a Social Security number, nothing more. And I'm okay with that because I don't want or expect the government to know or care about me. Mostly, I want the government to leave me alone. I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud to be a black man in America. Blacks have made enormous contributions to this country. But let me tell you what our single greatest contribution has been. We have been this nation's moral conscience. Blacks have forced America to live up to its best ideals. Our righteous pursuit of freedom, pursuit of freedom, not love, compel this nation to seek and find its better self. It's been a long, hard road, but we're close to Dr. King's promised land. We have reached the mountaintops in politics, in medicine, in space, in literature, in sports, in music, in business. No other majority white country has ever been led by a black man or woman. Blacks can demand opportunity. That's every American's right. We can demand freedom. That's every American's right. But we can't demand love. That's no one's right. And that brings me back to God. Blacks have suffered mightily and prospered mightily in America. But in our long journey, we've always been headed in the right direction. Until now. Because we have taken a wrong turn. Away from God, where we have, as a community, always found strength and solace. And toward government, which offers us Nothing but empty promises. I'm Jason Whitlock for Prager University. Thank you, Jason Whitlock. Daniel Patrick Moynihan said, do we have our faults as a country? Yes, find me a better one. Has anyone stopped to contemplate? No other majority white country in the history of the world has ever had a black leader. I guess that's what systemic racism is. The woman about whom this was written was a listener at one point and a resident here. I haven't heard from her in a long time. I'd love to hear again. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, No fun is heat. No fun is leaky roofs. No fun is noise. And that's why I love the folks at Trades Unlimited for all your roofing needs. They're promoting their work on foam roofs right now, which help insulate your home from the extreme Arizona heat, but as I said, also noise and, most importantly, water leaks. I've met the folks at Trades Unlimited. I've been to their offices and warehouse. They are great people. The quality of craftsmanship is what they stand by and are committed to, and that's why, among other reasons, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Quality and service is what you'll come to know with Trades Unlimited. Right now is a perfect time for foam recoats. Protect your roof before it's too late. Don't wait. Call my friends over at Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775. Or find them online at tradesunlimited.com. That's an interesting number, 
1775, the beginning of our fight um, for independence. Because I just was listening to Jason Whitlock, I hope you were too, talking about love not being what the government promises you. And he's right. It doesn't. It promises you or should promise you to protect your freedom. But you can't rely on the government alone, which is why you have to have a founding set of principles or a set of founding principles would be the better way to put it. And that's why I've always loved the notion. Sorry. It's always it's why I've always been enamored with the notion that a foundational doctrine of this country that all men are created equal, which is part and parcel of keeping our freedom, was written in the city of brotherly love. Because you can't have equality without love any more than you can have justice or freedom without friendship. Principles well known to Aristotle as much as Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. Hallman's coming right up. We will be right back.